welcome to the Dance Centre podcast. I am your host, Claire French, and I'm joining you from the traditional unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh peoples, also known as Vancouver, Canada. I'll be talking to dancers, choreographers and other members of the dance world here on the West Coast to find out more about their creative work and practices and to discuss what it means to us to be dance professionals today. Thanks for joining us. Sarah Hinching Yu is a Chinese-Canadian dance artist and choreographer. She's trained in a multitude of styles that continue to influence her practice, including Latin ballroom, contemporary ballet and hip-hop. She creates and collaborates with new media tools, including AI editing, machine learning processes, real-time animation, mixed reality application, and gravitates towards stories of human desire, identity, and relationship. Her main intentions in her practice are to explore and promote the cross-pollination between contemporary dance and street dance, and to investigate the integration of new media tools in performance making, pushing the boundaries of choreography beyond physical movement. Her work has been presented by Dancing on the Edge, the National Arts Centre, the Dance Centre, New Works, Dance Works, Stampede, Free Flow Dance Theatre, Spring Works, among others. And in 2022, she received the Professional Performing Artist Award from British Columbia Arts Council. Sarah Yu graduated from Simon Fraser University in 2021 with a BFA in Dance and Kinesiology. And I'm talking to her today in connection with the Quebec BC Residency Exchange Programme. She is exchanging with Quebec artist Natsumi Sophia Balali. You can head to the dancecenter.ca to find out more about this residency exchange program. So I'm delighted to be joined by Sarah Ching Yu today. We have a lot to talk about. She is an up and coming artist who has uh, been extremely productive and uh, is versatile and super talented. And we have a lot to talk about. Uh, Sarah, welcome, welcome. Thank you for talking with me today. Hi, uh, thank you for having me here and excited to chat and share. Great. So first of all, let's start with a little bit of your uh, history and your history with dancing. Mm. Would you like to start the start your narrative with us <laughs> today? <laughs> sure. So I'm a second generation immigrant from China. So I started training in uh, dancing in China and uh, my first kind of exposure to dance was a Latin ballroom dance. And it was my mom's best friend's daughter was really into it. So my mom was like, okay, let's try to put Sarah in it and maybe she'll love it. Uh And I did. And I did that for Latin ballroom dance, like from like in a recreation kind of thing, like to competition and all of that until I was 15 and then I came to Canada but here I really struggled to find a dance partner mm-hmm. and like especially in China I have the same one for like I think the last one I had was like for at least five years so we've really built that relationship and coming here like with English being a problem and also just not knowing what kind of dance communities there are mm-hmm. I just didn't continue with like my Latin ballroom dance and at that time I went to a I went to Burnaby North High School and then they have a dance program inside inside the school and then they did mostly contemporary and ballet and I just I liked it too (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I just liked it and so I just kept going down like the contemporary and ballet path 
all the way to SFU. And now that I've graduated, I'm like learning more about street dance and hip hop and breaking. So can we just backtrack just a little bit? Uh, two things I'd like to say mm. is I also have a history with ballroom, but waltz and, you know, the jive and those times, I mean, it was in the 70s and 80s for me, so mm. it was a while back. But I find that quite interesting that sometimes that is a way in and a way into a way into being interested in more than one technique as well. So there's something about the fluidity in the moves and also the different styles within the ballroom and mm. kind of traditional ballroom and the and the Latin, as you said, the Latin ballroom that I think is really lovely that you that were then able to transfer into the ballet and contemporary, but then and find a, a, a deep interest in that. And there are quite a few people who have that track. But then how did you find SFU? Was that through the was that through the school? Was that through Burnaby North then? Yeah, because my dance teacher uh, went to SFU. Okay, so it's yeah, quite so a... she, yeah, so she just like recommended. Okay, and was like, oh, why don't you try this thing? And I'm like, okay, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> and what yeah. did you find when you were at SFU? What was your? Did you find uh, new new pathways there? Not just in movements, but in like your interest in dance. Do you think your creation or your choreography um, interest came from that yeah. program? Yeah, SFU has a very interdisciplinary program, so that was really like nice to think about, like dance in conjunction with other art forms, mm-hmm. and then I also really enjoy the composition and choreography classes, mm-hmm. which was was new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I mean, I I did my MFA at SFU, so that's why I moved to Vancouver actually, and I moved from the UK in the nineties. And um, I was drawn to SFU for the interdisciplinary aspect mm. as well. So yeah. I think there's something really interesting in there, the compositional things, but then also the kind of whole kind of theatrical, there's the visual, there's the there's this sense of costume, but then there's the concepts and all of those things. And I think that's something you've definitely um, picked up on and is moving through your work. So outside of education, what would you say like in your trajectory as a as an artist as an emerging artist mm. you've had some I think you've had some really wonderful experiences and a lot of them have been through the dance center programming with 12 minute max and all of those things but what mm. would you say have been your highlights along the way so far in your as a professional emerging artist mm. I think every project feels very special to me but if I have to pick one and the most recent highlight would be I toured my work to Edmonton just last month and it was uh, a silent house my solo and it started in the dance center's 12 minute max program and then two years later now we're in Edmonton uh, doing we did free shows and then yeah it was really lovely my first time bringing my work outside of the province Mm -hmm. and connecting with the dance community there yeah that's great. Do when you when you travel then, or because we'll be talking about your Montreal residency that's coming up too, which is very exciting. Um, mm. Do you do you teach? Are, are you a teacher as well? Do you like to, or do you see them as separate paths in your career, or do you bring them together when you travel with work, or do you imagine that in your future you would bring them together as you travel? <laughs> 
I teach here, like I I teach for a couple of studios and community centers, and I work mostly with younger children.、Mm-hmm. But I really enjoy teaching, and like I I see myself continue doing that, like both teaching and creating. Teaching for me, like there's a really strong sense of community,、mm-hmm. and also the way that I'm able to receive feedback is. Very satisfying. Then, in I feel like in a performance or creation setting, that I spend so much time, you know, like honing the work in rehearsal, and then it's like that one big show.、Mm-hmm. But then, while in teaching, that I really just get that like continuous exchange and like feedback with my students. So I really enjoy that. When I travel. It it depends if the presenter wants me to. Like I do like to share like my、mm-hmm. technique and like part of my work. When I went to Edmonton, I did teach、uh, two classes for their company. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, that's really good. And so, one of the things around the when you were just saying about the teaching, there's one thing about it's such a social thing, isn't it? Because there's a there is an immediate feedback loop, and even though being in performance, you are picking up on. The audience、mm. and the energy of the audience. There's really nothing you can do about it. <laughs> mm. Kind of on the stage, the, the, not in this, not in quite the same way.、Mm. And so there, I think there is something very much about. There can be a surprise about what you are learning as the teacher from the students at the same time that you can be surprised by what the students are learning by being in that room. I think that's all quite exciting and、um, yeah, a kind of unpredictable in some ways that might. Surprise some people. I, I'm sure I know all the time. I'm surprised as a student in the class and as a teacher <laughs> whenever、mm. that happens. So yeah. So do you have any advice for young people or current dance students? I, I want I want to come back to you arriving in Canada as part of this context、um, that I'm going to set up now, because、mm. I I would like to say I think there's something very strong in arriving in a in a country. And having to learn the language、mm-hmm. or customs or all of these things, or like even what opportunities might be available that that you knew about before in your home country, like to try to find those, but also being open to new opportunities and new experiences in a new place. And do you think your drive is both a creative one? But do you think it's also driven by? Your、um, need to learn the language and really push for having as many opportunities as you had at home here for what you wanted to achieve. Do you think that's part of your drive? Do you think that helped you?、Mm, maybe I'll start with the last question because yeah. <laughs>、okay. yeah, the the creative drive. I I think I'm driven like by my desire to find people. Who share the same vision as I am,、mm-hmm. like I want to. I want to find those people that I can really vibe with, and can really understand each other. And yeah, and I know that. I know that for me, it's like, I sometimes don't connect the best with a conversation because, like, I'm neurodivergent and all that. But I can really connect through dance. Like I can really connect with someone when I see them dance, or when I see a work that I strongly resonate with. So I I I want to have 
this kind of hubs or this kind of spaces where I create this work and they can help me find the people that I want in my life. Mm. So how? (laughs) 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 I mean, I mean, Mm. on a, on a practical level, Mm. it's about presence, like being present in the room with people or being able to uh, attract the the people to you, how? Mm, I think in terms of advice for younger people, how or even how have you done that? Have mm. you have you managed to do that? I think in small in- instances that I would feel like, oh yes, I like I feel that I feel that people really resonate, or I have that like after the show that conversation, or you know that I felt like I really find the people and was able to continue to nurture that relationship. I think having a, a clear message really helps. Like I know what I'm going to say, or like why is it important for me to have this work or do this performance, and really stay true to that single idea throughout the entire creation process so that it serves that purpose. And when people come see the work or like, it's this fascinating because usually that is the thing that drives them to see the work because they know that, oh, this is about that. Like they don't even know me, but like, okay, it's about that. And I am interested in that. So let's come see. And then, and then that sparks. So I feel like I I don't really like giving advices because I think everyone's journey is so different and I'm so young. <laughs> and it's like so I feel a little incapable of giving advices, but like an observation from my experience that I think would really help is yeah, no like having a very clear vision and message for your choreographic work. Like know that why it is important for you me to say that and why it is important for other people to hear that that's beautiful the reason why I'm asking you and I agree with you like advice is like you know take or leave and I agree with you also that it's better to call it like observations that we've made from our experience from insight but I just wanted to acknowledge that I think Mm. you have a lot of insight that you can share with people who Mm. because there's also a there's also a period of time when, and, and I've experienced this uh, myself a long, long time ago, <laughs> almost to the point of not being able to remember, but then also being a, a, a teacher and a, a lecturer where I've actually wanted to help people transition from a degree into a professional world mm. without, without expectations that are unachievable as quickly as they hope or they, they think they're ready for. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I really appreciate what you're saying here because you have done it and the way in which you have done it mm-hmm. you just expressed in such an, a lovely way for people to latch on to and one thing I want to say about what you were saying where the work is you know you you make the work that um you know what it's about you know why you are personally doing it and then people come to see the work because they come to see what it's about I think mm-hmm. what that allows over time is that then they start to become more interested in you 
as the artist and what you as an artist are going to do and less about what the work is about or maybe not less but just it becomes that when you're attracting your people and you're attracting mm. like-minded people they're interested in your artistry regardless of the concept or the topic and so I think that ends up being a kind of a, that's how you mold a career and that's mm. how you maintain a career as an artist is to allow for that fluctuation and ebb and flow between your concepts and you bringing mm, something that's beautiful <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that's that's also what you're what you're doing right you believe mm. very strongly in that and and that yeah. comes from your connection and it comes from the connection to the material and to the concept that you've chosen and what you said your purpose for mm. doing it <laughs> and continuing oh. to do it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So what drives, I mean, you've already talked a little bit about this, so I'm going to put two things together. You men mentioned a creative drive, or you talked a little bit about that. You also mentioned oh, that you are neurodivergent and, and mm. a little bit about your experiences of that being, a, a you know, impacting, of course, mm. how you go about process and, and, you know, and, and, and it's very particular to you as it is for every artist's process and interests are to a certain degree, but I'd love to hear if you would be willing to talk about it. I'd love to talk more about maybe how the neurodivergent aspect, how you feel for you, it's either impacted, affected or supported your dance. Cool. I, so I have a seizure disorder that is triggered by loud music or sound. Uh, yeah, it doesn't have to be music or like loud sound too. And the challenges are pretty obvious. <laughs> in dance, there's always music and there's always sound. And especially now, I go like to more in the street dance, I go to battles and ciphers and all of that. It's like, there's always a lot of sound. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and the way I cope with it is I have earplugs. I always bring earplugs everywhere. And I communicate like in advance if I can with the organizers and then I always try to scan the room to see where the speakers are located so I can find a spot that is the furthest away from the speaker. So those are all like physical things that I do to protect myself and yeah so that is the challenge part but one thing I have like really like learn from like discovering that I'm neurodivergent and I have all these needs is like the amount of compassion and care I need to have for my body that I feel like I don't necessarily like ever think about when I was training because I was just always told to be pushed right like go to your furthest limit like you know just forget about the pain and everything just push 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 mm -hmm. and it didn't work it didn't work in this instance and it makes me rethink about my physical virtuosity because I love like as a dancer I love that and I love that in my work but how can my physical virtuosity emerges from like a deep listening and care mm -hmm. for this body rather than just like a blindly I need to go, I need to go. Mm. Yeah, so I think that that actually, that helped me be more at ease 
And also, yeah, it just helped. Sorry, I lost my track of thought. Yeah, I don't feel, I feel like there, there's this sense of finding a, a stillness, right? In the way you're talking right now. Like when you yeah. talk about that deep care and compassion, you find this, you find the place mm. and then you settle yeah. in that place. Aww. So that's yeah. what you did. That's what you just that's did. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and another thing is like kind of like how it supports my work was I can feel everything and then like I'm very sensitive to everything, like to all the stimulus. So at times it's right, like it's very overstimulating, it's difficult and all of that. But also at times that experience is beautiful. Like I can like really sit and to just enjoy like right like a sip of tea you know or like I can really feel the texture of my cardigan on my skin right now and I think it's a really it is a really amazing thing as an artist because when you have all this like in-depth experiences that are so personal to you that you can really turn that into your own stories and artistry to share it's almost like you don't need an audience because every experience you have every day is already it's a show. Got the craft and the quality. <laughs> <of them. laughs> yeah. And then it's choosing what to share with an audience, right? Or it's choosing yeah. what to spend more time on. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that does it make you indecisive sometimes? Yes. Oh, and, yes. and that's why like, like going back to like our conversation, having that clear message, our vision really helps because yeah. I will never run out of ideas like no. that I know yeah and that's something I would I remember being told by uh, somebody a long time ago that I had to stop putting so many ideas into my work I had mm. to just choose one thing that it was about and it was impossible for me absolutely mm. it yeah. still is it still is I thought I will never be able to do that and um, somebody else can tell me that it's about one thing that's fine but <laughs> I, I can't I can't do that yeah. I'm just an interconnector. It just, it just, yeah, so many things just cross over for me all the time. But I'm, I'm really interested in then how you, how you come to deciding what your work is. Or do you, is it, is it really genuinely more like it kind of reveals itself? One of the things I'm thinking and what you've talked about is that there might be a sensation that you find is happening across multiple sensitivities so like a similar sensation might be coming up and then there might be a compositional idea that you have that is nuanced by all of these by your own kind of uh, sensitivity to feelings that you Mm. can stick with because you have all of these different ways of expressing it or interpreting it so how do you decide what a work is about (laughs) Mm, I don't decide decide. (laughs) I don't decide in the beginning because I think our work really needs to have that fourth time of research and reflection before it like can really comes into a place. Like I have a rough idea. I always start with what I'm interested in. Like, oh, what is something, what is the visual or a sensation that I just cannot get rid of? Like I'm just thinking about it all day. Like like I, I started with that as source of seed and then I gather information, I gather research around that I continue to build that mm-hmm. and then I come to a point that it will be too much it will be too confusing and then I 
and then I go back and find like all the common common things and mm-hmm. then and then also oh now this is about that mm-hmm. like about us a, a, a film and then I continue to build around it mm-hmm. so yeah I feel like it it's hard because you do need that seed of inspiration but you also need to allow it to grow and to be confusing and then you can oops collect and then find that one thing that it can continue to sprout and I love that because there's something about allowing yourself to attend to this notion of a seed maybe even before you've identified the seed Mm, so there is that element of like like you say you you kind of can reflect uh, and uh, there was another word you used, like research and reflect on many different things at once, and then you realize it, it is actually one thing, or the yes. seed comes. So I like what you said that it's it's not necess- that there has to be a seed, but when the seed comes to you, it you might have already started a process. I feel yeah, like yeah. So you don't have to wait for the seed to come to start. That's I think what I mean as well. You don't have to actually start with the seed, or you can also actively search just for a seed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a really good way of saying it because some people, sometimes it's useful to take that into the studio, but also if you stomp around enough in the studio and you mess with your feet enough and the floor enough, then you're going mm. uh, to unearth a seed anyway, you know, so yeah. you just will. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, that's great. So could you tell us a bit about the piece that you're planning to work on during the Montreal residency and tell us a little bit about that, that project that's coming up? Mm-hmm. There's a collaboration between the the dance center in Vancouver and Circuit in in, uh, Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. And you were the, I don't want to say winner, but you were selected to represent (laughs) in Montreal. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Like running up to the podium and like. Um, yeah so so you will be going to Montreal for a couple of weeks in January yeah it's coming up very exciting yeah my project is it's a seed (laughs) so coming back to it super fresh and ah yeah I think this is my first residency working on this and I I'm very interested in breaking and then breaking and contemporary floor work so right now I'm mentoring under Victor Tran, Savage Rock, and his based in Montreal. And so I think that's where like all these connections came together. Right. Yeah. And then in the beginning, it was like, I'm just really curious about the physicality, like of breaking and contemporary floor work. Like, yeah, you both we both use the floor, we both harness gravity and momentum but in such a different way. Mm. Like, I find that contemporary floor work has a lot of pouring and sliding and, like, this fluid distribution of weight. And when I come, when I first started training and breaking, I was like, oh, my God, I have no strength. (laughs) Like, I have no, my body doesn't understand anything, which was so, which was frustrating, but it was also so exciting because it unlocked all these things for me so there's the seed like just the physicality that I'm really Mm -hmm. interested in and it is starting to sprout now Mm -hmm. because I'm starting to to feel it's like the accents of the dance breaking like its history it's a 
you know, it came from African-Americans and Latinos in the States, and then they use that as something to protect themselves, right? Like yeah. pro- protect their gang to be strong. And it's a way for them to release their anger as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like battling and the kind of confrontation, you know, all of that is so inherent in the dance mm-hmm. that I remember training with Victor, the first section, he was just teaching me how to stand, mm-hmm. like how to pose. Mm-hmm. And it was so difficult. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't understand this bodily language because I don't have that in me. I'm a like I went to a Christian school. <laughs> I'm I re- I was raised in an Asian household. I was never taught about anger. Like I was told that anger is something that I need to hide. Like because it's shameful, it's disrespectful. I I could never appear aggressive, right? And as a female identifying, you know. You're, you're gentle, you're like all of that, you're listening, you're never angry, you're never showing off that side of you. So I feel like training and breaking now is, is unlocking that in me that I felt like, wow, I have so much more freedom in moving, but also in my daily life. Like Victor always says that, and my other hip hop teachers say that it's a, it's a lifestyle, it's a mm-hmm. culture, like you you don't just do hip hop inside the studio when you're dancing. You are, you know, you embody that in your daily life as well. So I think that was really beautiful. And I think there's something in that residency, yes, definitely like working on the skills and physicality, but also like reflecting back, right? Like on my own training and my own experience as this kind of timid (laughs) Asian female identifying no anger person but like being that like Mm -hmm. how does that yeah a lot of questions but like yeah and so yeah and so exciting because it's about it's it's about power self-power so there's there's also an element of like understanding that you might feel angry, but not acting on anger, which is a very healthy way of seeing, you know, to not mm. act from an angry place, but to recognize anger in yourself. Oh, and I love that. Yeah. There's something, I think there's something so beautiful about that because that's that also feels to me like that takes care a little bit of you so you don't have to lose sight of your ancestry and your culture at the same time I feel like that's what you're that's what you're gonna yeah do. I think you put it so beautifully yeah mm-hmm. it's that yeah. right like all of your like it's that you're showing kind of you're showing anger but like you're you're still in control of it yeah like you're using anger as your to your advantage in your dancing oh yeah and the other thing I wanted to say about that was that it's recognizing that anger is an expression but also within what I understand of hip-hop is that it's at the same time you support all of the people around you yes in their to to manage anger and so you're not turning that anger on to one other person anger is felt it's culturally felt it's like innately understood to be a form of expression that is necessary to deal with <clears throat> to deal with the crap to deal with you know all the stuff so so yeah. there's a that it's also a, a way of supporting in, in breaking things with the way that it's taught and the way that it comes together as a culture 
And the way that you continue that in lifestyle is also to support others. Yeah. In that zone. I think I find that with a, a lot of, I think that's, I think that's very, that excites me. No end. Like, I love that. <laughs> yeah, is, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's so good. So good. So, oh yeah, you're going to have such an amazing time. Yeah, oh, thank you. And it, it's just so great to be somewhere else as well and know that you kind of bring, you already, you already know that you've already, you know, done that you've moved you know and you've made those big transitions but with a work mm. you've been just been to Edmonton but with you know for a residency somewhere it really imbues it with so much mm. you know, kind of fresh information so that's very exciting are you working on anything else at the moment as well or is that I, I do I I believe that you are, are an artist in residence is that right at Toronto Dance Theatre is that true at the at the school of Toronto Dance Theatre so oh, the great. dance art institute, yeah, yeah. And so, what um, uh, what is your connection with that? And is that now? Is that happening as well mm-hmm. currently? That is happening in February. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing this AI digital dance creation thing. Yeah. And great. I will be I will be working with their students actually to show them how to. Uh, how how I use the software and how I use those kind of tools to like create a digital dance. Yeah, so I wonder if we could just um maybe just think or uh, talk a little bit about street dance, contemporary ballet. Um, is ballet still in your vocabulary? Would you say? I mean, it's obviously still in the body. I mean, mm. once you know to a certain degree, but in the in the way that you are, would you say that it? Is because I I wonder sometimes if ballet and hip hop have more in common actually than contemporary and hip hop sometimes, and I partly say that because of the concentration on the technique where there are parts that are isolated and there's a coordination that, as you mm. said about contemporary floor work, is necessary but is much more fluid. Like it's dispersed across the body and the entire body moving as a corporal thing is like. It's yes. really the goal. Whereas yes. with hip hop and ballet, sometimes it's broken down. The techniques, different parts of the body do different things at the same mm. time to, you know, kind of allow for it to happen. So that's just a very general exp- mm. you know, explanation of where, um, of mm. how I think about it. But what, what do you think? Do you think the ballet helps your hip hop? Gets in the helps, gets in the way. <laughs> I think. So, so first, I'm not an expert in hip hop or ballet or contemporary dance. So I'm just saying this again in my own observations yeah, I, of I, my experience i should say breaking shouldn't i because it's breaking that you are yeah i also do hip-hop i also okay. do hip-hop yeah okay. i think i i actually find find that contemporary has more connection with hip-hop than mm-hmm. ballet because because hip-hop is a freestyle dance mm-hmm. and so i just I just feel like in contemporary, we work so much with improvisation and like sensing your body and like finding your own unique new, new pathways. So I think, yeah, that's just like more transferable to, yeah, like like uh, uh, learning hip hop. Okay. Yeah. Do you find that your ballet training or your ballet or even your ballroom actually, because um, mm-hmm. I, I find that my, my ballroom training is in my style. It's in my it's in my choreographic work. It's in some of my compositional kind of phrasing. Sometimes I, I haven't abandoned it. Um, mm. but I am trying to kind of 
recognize when it comes up and make sure that it's not just a habit, right? So that I'm using it for a purpose. Mm. Do you find that too? Do you find your ballroom coming in? (laughs) (laughs) I I think my ballet training actually makes it makes learning hip hop quite difficult. Just that natural stance or and where tension is held, like in just like the stand is very different. Like mm-hmm. in my ballet, I'm so lifted. I have so much tension in my shoulders about them pulling back and like my inner thighs, all of that. <laughs> that is so like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't actually need that in hip hop. No. Yeah. So I, I think that is, yeah, quite difficult to access in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So what is your style? Ooh. <laughs> I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> I, I I just I just like all of those styles and I just like do it. But I think right now I I love hip hop the most. That I was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you so when you come to choreograph or to mm-hmm. create, however you'd like to to uh, whatever word you'd like to use, mm-hmm. do you use compositional tools? Yes. And what does that give you what does it what do you think the compositional tools give you with the freestyle of hip-hop like mm. um, you know mm. like I, I mean I'm, I'm leading a little bit I think in a way because I'm already I, I feel like I, I already have an answer to the question I feel like for myself <laughs> no, no that, make, that makes sense that helped I mean? me yeah yeah that helped me I think like f- for me I, I just divide the work into sections so there's some sections I will have more set choreography and other sections I'm really like just freestyling and really focusing on the music having that kind of contrast yeah yeah you mentioned music again and I do want to come back to whether your sensitivity to sound really influences what music you choose yes or do you try- yeah yeah. yes they do yeah yeah and and what do you do you avoid loud sounds yeah I do and for like the last project, Silent How, I worked with a composer, and then we really have to kind of filter all of the sounds that will trigger me, like sounds that that comes from like a really high note and then like drop to a really no note, or like those screeches, or like, and also layers of sound really matters too, because it it doesn't have to. Sometimes it doesn't have to be loud, but if there is like. 10 different sounds happening at the same time that is still a lot Mm. so yeah so it's like yeah that and do you ever have you contemplated creating a work that is in silence I I think about it I always think about it but also love music (laughs) like like, yeah like if it's too much then I get you know triggered and all of that but I also love music mm-hmm. no. that's beautiful because that comes that brings us back to the interdisciplinary aspect as well right and a drive one of the creative drives is to bring these different components together and mm-hmm. to actually and to deal with these things like I, I just think now like Silent Howl as a title is even more profound <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, you're like, there's nothing silent about this. I'm like, no, no. yep. <laughs> That's right. And I was not howling. Like, we have a little child came 
to see the show and she was like oh i thought she's so wolf <laughs> like she's <Aww>. not howling <laughs> she's not howling yeah it's so funny <laughs> did she expect you to howl yeah he did he thought i was like a she thought i was like a wolf or you know yeah that kind of stuff yeah that's so that's so cute so do you think you'll work with an original composer in your new work as well yeah i think so that's important to you yeah yeah Yeah, it sounds like that's a that's a lovely way i think of also extending extending your vision if you if you like or your when you said about like-minded bringing people in and Mm. bringing other professionals in that's also another way right of the of you you building your network of people from other disciplines Um, yes and they have an understanding of you as an artist and what you're what you're doing but that also brings in their artistry to the to the picture too which is really great yeah Yeah, that's that's really good so uh are your parents here or are they Mm. they are here so you all moved you all moved to Canada yes okay and and how are they with your um you did mention that you're from an Asian family how are they with you um being a a dancer and now breaking doing (laughs) hip-hop In your, um, in your proposal that that's a, a bit of a, it was a bit of a stretch um, and- <laughs> yeah I just like there is that switch when I like when my outfits go to dance will start to change mm-hmm. and I'm like wearing like the biggest clothes and the biggest fits <laughs> and then I would like actually like ask my dad for his t-shirts because mine's aren't big enough and then he and then they would be like mm, they're just confused like they're not <laughs> they're confused they're like oh you kind of look like you hang out in the street and I'm like yeah that's the whole point <laughs> street culture yeah. yeah and uh they're supportive like once they know more what it is because it's like yeah like I'm like you know I like, there's a technique I learned from a teacher. Like, I have a good group of people supporting me. Like, we are dancing, you know, <laughs> like, not doing anything else. Then they are a lot more like, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, they must be proud as well at the same time because you're pursuing your – you really are pursuing your dreams and you're making this happen professionally too. And mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's really wonderful. So, yeah. Well, I am very excited to hear more about what you get up to in Montreal, uh, creatively speaking. And I'm sure we'll we'll hear all about it when you are back. Will there be a, sh- a showing in Montreal, do you think? You sh- mm. Do you know? Right now, I don't think so. My vision is I want to have come, some kind of cipher, some kind of gem on my last day. And I can invite all the street dancers in Montreal to come to the studio. Oh, and maybe nice. I'll find a DJ somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. That would be so great. And I can do a little sharing at the end. But I, I just, like, don't want it to be so, like, oh, like, so separate. Like, because, you know, I am there for their breaking scene. And, you know, like, that community vibe. I really want to capture that, you know, in my residency, too. Yeah. So you need to end it in a battle. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they can arrange that with you. 
That's so good. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sarah. Uh, it's been yeah. lovely to talk to you and get to, to talk with you more. I've been in the studio with you for like half an hour, I think it was, when you were 12 at Max with Ario. Yeah, and- I think so. Yeah, I came I in. So. I, I came in and I, I, I took your You took video. some pictures or something. Yeah, and I took a little video of you doing your, your thing when Aria was in there. Oh, you took a little video. <laughs> I was there for the so beginning. Cool. That's so cool. Oh my god. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. It's really lovely to hear about your journey and uh yeah, more to come. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for yeah. your time. Thank you. Thank you. Um, bye for now. Thank you so much for listening. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, as this will help other listeners find us and help us to grow our dance audience. We'll be back next month. In the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook at The Dance Center, Twitter at Dance Center, and Instagram at The Dance Center BC. And if you'd like to support our work, please consider making a donation. Just go to our website at thedancecenter.ca where you'll find extensive information about our upcoming programs and events. The music for the Dance Center podcast was composed by James B. Maxwell. Always a pleasure to connect with you through dance. Until next time. Mm-hmm.